Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Well, hey, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to this newest episode of Open Mic, the show where the mic is open, the floor is yours. What do you guys want to talk about in this wonderful world of movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and all that sorts of good stuff? We're awfully glad that you guys are here. My name, of course, is John Campia. Good to have you guys here. I'm joined in studio, of course, by Ray Ora. I want to talk about you getting this Lego Millennium Falcon. Uh, we will talk about that. Beside <laughs> him is Jonathan Boyko. Uh, I'm still building the Batmobile, so I'm not available right now. <laughs> you are on what? Bag six of seven bags? That's right. I'm making progress. Again, hit, hit me one more time. This Batmobile Lego set that we got, Jonathan. How many pages is the instruction manual? To it's put two, it 250. Anything over five, and I'm like, nope. I'm I'm either hiring a task rabbit to come and put it together, or I'm like, nope. Yeah, I'm like near like page one ninety, so I'm I'm almost there. You know what's funny? As I bet there is a viewer right now that's watching. That's like two hundred fifty pages. That's nothing. Yeah. I've gone through a thousand pages. There's some crazy well, Lego. What's the Star Destroyer go like? That's well, I don't be know, huge. but I'm oh, just saying. Star there's probably a viewer imagine. going. Two hundred fifty ain't nothing. Well, okay, so what? Millennium Falcon are you looking at? Because I've always wanted to get a big Millennium Falcon. You're talking about the big one or that small one you said? I'm talking about the one that we could still get for store price. I'm I'm just but, trying to save you money, man. I appreciate that, but I want <laughs> because the, the big, big one Millennium is like eight hundred, a thousand dollars now. But I was just showing Jonathan this light kit they had for it, and it'll probably change your mind when you see it after the show. Uh, well, I'll take a look, but I still want the big one. I want the big one. I don't want the little want the one. one. I don't want the little one. I want the, 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 the big one. All right. <laughs> That's what she said. Anyway, um, you know what? We're, I want to talk about the Aquaman thing here for a second. But before I do, I, I, let me let me talk about this for a second. As you guys know, I'm now playing Baldur's Gate 3. I was playing it right now, too. I love this game. I hate it. Really? Because I'm, I think I'm more of a Di- Diablo 4 player where you just run around and Hack and slash. You're yeah, a hack and slash, slash game. Yeah. yeah, that's not, that's what that's I not this it game was. at all. This is D&D. But, yeah. w- but the reason I love this game so much is because it true like they promised for the first time ever a true tabletop D&D experience. And this game completely delivers. Like I, I had Anne come in and sit beside me. She's like, this is exactly like playing the tabletop game. I'm like, I know. And I'll, I'll tell you what else. Mm-hmm. The storytelling is insanely good. The, the voice work is top-notch. The, the world is completely expansive. All that kind of stuff, it's engaging. It's for me, I've read about some people having some minor bugs. For me, I've had no bugs whatsoever. But I've seen a lot of discussion online about this. But I, I want to point out why this game is so great and why it's so important. Number one, very rarely does a game come out. I, I think Hogwarts Legacy kind of did this a bit. Like it actually lived up to the hype. People really loved playing Hogwarts Legacy when it came out. But a game that got released without major bugs, I think a lot about that cyberpunk game 
Oh, yeah. That came out a while ago where it was basically unplayable for most people. Like, imagine releasing a car that people can't turn on the ignition. Well, right? yeah. well they fixed it now. Credit yeah, yeah. to them. Took Credit them a while. I actually bought it recently. Took them a while. They have a full expansion But they did now. get it fixed, right? <clears throat> but when they released, it wasn't ready to be released yeah, when wasn't. they released it, right? It was This game was fully ready to be released. It's the total game. And here's the thing I really love about it and why I hope it kind of becomes the new standard. No DLC bullshit. <laughs> no bullshit battle pass or season pass uh, fucking okay. nonsense. Oh my God. They actually put, I keep forgetting, Larian, is that the name of the studio that makes it? But I, I think it's Larian is the name of the studio behind it. But they even put up, in this game, you get the full game, no extra microtransactions. You don't have to physically, you don't have to, with your real money, buy anything. We give you a ready-to-go, fully complete, high-rated game, out of the box, go. The way good games should be. <laughs> like, none of this microtransaction like nonsense. 10 years ago games. Yeah, like, the way the games used to be and the way they should be, right? Like, I don't buy a laptop, right? It's like, buy a laptop. Oh, great, you bought this laptop for $1,500. That's that's fantastic. Want a keyboard? Yeah, you, you know what? <laughs> you want an escape key? Good news. <laughs> for just 25 extra bucks, we'll give you an escape key. And guess what? In three months, we're going to open up the Spacebar expansion. Where you? No, no, no. <laughs> no, but it's still there. It's there, but it just doesn't work. That's the problem yeah, with we'll these things. We'll unlock this stuff It's for you. there, but it just doesn't work. And it's one of the things that has really turned me off games. Like that microtransactions, the seasonal battle pass bullshit, that type of stuff has really turned me off a lot of video games. But this game... So good. Can I say one thing? Yes. I don't mean that I hate it. Anyone who it's a good game. Like I actually, it's just the mechanics of it. I'm still not used to, and I already got stuck. the The little fly thing in the beginning, where it's like a baby newborn fly, and it's stuck in that cocoon. I couldn't. I can't, I don't know how to leave that room. I didn't come across that. Let's talk afterwards. Okay. Let's talk afterwards. Um. All right. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there about. <laughs> Baldur's Gate, besides the fact that it's a, a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous game, a true D&D experience, no bugs that I've come across personally, beautifully put together, and none of the bullshit. None of the bullshit yeah. microtransaction where they keep bleeding you for money. No. Starfield's we, next. You pay us for a good product, <laughs> and we deliver a good product. Done. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. That down. Let's, let's talk about, for a second here, about Aquaman, shall we? I got to tell you what, I, I'm really starting to have my doubts. I mean, I mean, serious, serious doubts about the financial future of Aquaman 2. Because we've all had reason to be concerned, right? Because we've all read the stories. Variety itself wrote a big article about the fact that they are having real trouble getting a quality movie put together. They, it test screened badly. Again, 99% of the time when you hear test screenings, it's a lie. It's a total lie. But this was actually Variety or Deadline, one of the two. The real outlets actually saying, yeah, the studio did have test screenings, tested bad. They went and did some reshoots, tested even worse. And they're really not sure what to do. And they're almost out of time. They're almost out of time. This was a movie that was supposed to come out in December of 2022. It's now coming out in December of 2023. And they might use like the actor strike as an excuse to delay it even more to try to get it right. Either way, this is a film that's in trouble. But this weekend, 
with Blue Beetle struggling so much at the box office, the lowest opening weekend of any DC film since Wonder Woman 1984, opened lower, Ray, than Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Shazam! Fury of the Gods made $5 million more in its opening weekend, and it only ended up making $133 million at the box office total. So I don't know how big of a flop Blue Beetle's going to oh. be. By the way, no Blue Beetle hater here. I like this film. I, like I had, a, had fun with it. I like all the, three of us liked it, right? We like, like this very yeah. generic film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not great. It's not It's not going to be one of the most memorable comic book films, but it's a good, solid, entertaining film, right? I wasn't bored during it at all. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, yeah no, I wasn't bored either. It was fun, and it, it's especially got better later as the film went, uh-huh. right? The film got better as it went. It started a little shaky, got better as it went on. That said, this film is going to flop hard, and it really just drives home the point more, and we've talked about this a lot over the coming over the last few months. It, it, the audiences have given up and completely abandoned the DCEU. They've completely abandoned it. Doesn't matter if they put out a good movie, they've abandoned it. They don't want to go see it. And Aquaman, which by the way, forget the reshoot and the quality concerns, it had its own big batch of TMZ kind of controversy going on already. And I know the last Aquaman made a billion dollars at the box office. Rob and I talked about this a little bit on the the main John Campus Show podcast earlier. But I'll tell you what, guys, I am not convinced that this movie even makes five hundred million. I think it beats the Black Adam. You think I, it does make more I than think four? It's got that Momoa energy, and I, you know what I mean. I, Black I think Adam had that Dwayne the Rock Johnson energy. He's a much bigger star than Jason Momoa. But the first Aquaman made a bit a billion. Well, I know. <laughs> I know, but but uh, look what's happened since Black Adam, right? I, I, you had you had Shazam: Fear of the Gods, which made only like 130 something. You had Flash, that's been in development for literally nine years, with the return of Michael Keaton as Batman and all that kind of stuff, couldn't make 300 million dollars. Now we've got Blue Beetle coming out, and it looks like it's going to decline even more. I I'll tell you what, if I had to put a hundred bucks on if Aquaman two will at least make as much as Black Adam. I would bet a hundred bucks it would, but I wouldn't bet a thousand because I'm not totally convinced that it will. I'm even less convinced that it'll make half a billion dollars, which would be less than half of what the first one made. There's nobody left. Like even if audiences were still going out to see DC movies right now, which they're not, they're not, but even if they were, all the drama surrounding Aquaman 2 200 bucks. How much that? 200 bucks it makes more than Black Adam. But we'll do, we'll not do it in just monetary. $200 like you do like trade in. Yeah, I have to do like like buy barbecue and then have to barbecue every week until it's paid <laughs> off. Something like that because you know 200 bucks is nothing to you. It's not, I, no, no, no. no 200 bucks is 200 bucks nothing to me. 200 bucks is something to me, man. I would <laughs> No, I would I would take that bet. You can't would, say that to the guy who knows how much he paid you I, every I, month. I, I, I you would don't take get that. to say that. I know I would take that bet. I I I don't know 200. I I would take it at 100. I'll take that. But I'm not sure I would take it to 200. I'm trying to get a bet. <laughs> I know. I, I just, you know I, what? I have I, big doubts. I believe in that Momo energy. And you know what the Aquaman thing does? It has the spectacle of what's going on underneath, like the water, where it's like no one's territory. You know what I mean? Where it's like it, it flew, like it, 
people in other countries like watch this stuff. Like when it's it's just Isn't yeah, this- but you know what's happened since Aquaman one, Avatar two came out. Yeah, and it like I love the way the underwater stuff looks in Aquaman. Yeah. I really do. Avatar 2 made Aquaman's underwater stuff look like yeah, shit. Yeah. I'm not going to say <laughs> right? it's going to be well, yeah, better. Because they use lighting and and some, like, the way James Cameron yeah. underwater was like, oh, I'm underwater. Right, right, right. But it's the fantasy of this Aquaman world underwater where we got the octopus playing the instruments. You're not going to see that in Avatar. Sometimes you want that 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 fantastical stuff. Like, people are attracted to that stuff. Like, if, Have if, we seen a trailer for this? Aquaman saw like a, yeah. a, 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 there, there have been some sizzles. Yeah, They've had a couple of little promos. This out in like three months. Not like a not like a true pure trailer yet, but they've put out some sizzles and some promos, and I kind of like what yeah. I'm seeing. No, like where do you see guys riding sharks ready I, to go battle? Only I think, Aquaman. You're not yeah, but so. where are you going to see Michael Keaton as Batman again, jumping out of a bat wing and sailing down and beating up some crypto? But nobody went to go see it. <laughs> Well, they were I, stupid. They should have. I don't know, man. We, we are going to have to formulate a bet about that, about whether or not. I just got to decide. It's our next no way home bet. Yeah. I just got to decide how much I'm willing, I feel comfortable putting down because, like, again, in general, I think it can be Black Adam. Uh, it's got, but I'm not it's going to be Black Adam. You think? Unless it's just super whack. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what the, the reports are saying. That's pretty bad. I haven't talked to anybody I know personally. This isn't like the Batgirl thing where I personally talked to people who had seen Batgirl and told me how truly awful it is. I have not talked to anybody who's seen Aquaman. I, I'm just talking about the articles we've been reading in the trades that it's not looking good. Look, if the water stuff still looks the same or even improves, it's it'll be fine. But I think if you we watch it and within the first couple minutes, we're like, this doesn't look as good as the first one. It's already dead. It's already I'm not dead. even sure if it looks good, if that means anything. I mean... Because how good was Blue Beetle? The people who saw Blue Beetle liked it, right? But here's the thing, Ray. Nobody went to go see it to know that it's good. Oh, yeah. And it almost doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good Aquaman looks. If people don't go see it to see that it looks good, also, I, I don't know. Let's take into account the first Aquaman came out during the holidays, like around the holidays. So like, this one, yeah, yeah. People, people Big advantage. had things to do. Didn't have anything to no, do. No, no, no. That's that's the biggest movie going time of the year. Right, More right. Didn't have things to do, so they're going yeah. to the movies. So and well, they don't have that advantage. Unlike Blue Beetle Two, you're. I'm assuming by the time this is December, right? This comes out. Yeah, December. The actor strike is done. They can go on to the Tonight Show and promote this stuff. They can get it out in the, you know, in people's consciousness. Like, I I think I think not promoting these films is really starting to hurt bad. Not having the actors coming out. Well, I mean, they were able to promote. Flash, although they had to do it without the main star. <laughs> that, that was a big thing. Yeah. That was a big thing. They were able to p- promote Shazam, Fury of the Gods. They were able to promote that big. They were able, they spent years promoting Black Adam. I, I, again, I'm just telling you guys, I'm, I'm, I got a bad feeling about this. I want to check the percentage of the the box office from the first Aquaman, International versus International, 813 million. How much did you do domestic? domestic? 335 million. Yeah, I just don't know. 70.8 percent. You know, international. I, I don't know if it'll matter. All they got to do is harness that that no way home energy, and 1.9 million billion baby. <laughs> just harness that energy. So they're gonna get Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire no, to pop you, up. You I'll tell you what, you might be onto something. <laughs> if Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield show up in there Aquaman you two, you're in over a billion dollar yeah, because yeah. everyone's watching the. See why they're there. Why are you making movies this easy? I just fixed it. 
<laughs> Guys, I actually let's let's put up a poll right I don't, now. I forgot how to do that, John. So you might have to do. You got to relearn how to do that. Okay, I'm going to start a poll. I'm going to ask: uh, Will uh, AM2, that's Aquaman, uh, make as much as, or will it uh, beat uh, Black Adam's? box office which is the highest dc grossing which is the highest this, grossing dc film in the last five years okay <laughs> so i put that up we'll come back and visit that in a minute all right guys with all that <laughs> down let's get Woo. on to your actual questions the reason that we're here there's two ways to send in a question to the john campia show or at least to open mic uh, number one is if you're watching this any of the 23 hours of the day that we're not streaming live you can use our tip link simply at streamelements.com slash john campia slash tip or if you are watching live, you can use the Super Chat feature and send it in that way. By the way, to those of you who are watching live, you probably noticed that we started the show about 10 minutes late. Well, that's because about five minutes or 10 minutes before we started the show, my phone rang and it said, Mom, I, life lesson for you guys. All right. Gather around. Let me give you in part a little bit of wisdom. When mom calls, it doesn't matter what else you're doing. You stop what you're doing and you answer the phone when Absolutely. mom calls. I, I, I can I can put off calls that are work. I can if I had to under dire circumstances, I can put off calls that come in for man. Although usually it's pretty wise to answer the call when when the wife calls too. But when mom calls, you stop what you're doing and you answer the phone. And uh, that's why we were about ten minutes late. You here. know what happens when you don't answer the call when Ann calls. She calls I, get, you. I get a text message. <laughs> she calls you. Where's so John? <laughs> you get you get the message no matter what. So it doesn't matter. It gets to me. All right. Uh, yeah. By the way, <laughs> there goes Jonathan. By the way, uh, in the asking way the question, will Ant Man or will Aquaman two beat Black Adam's box office? Sixty seven percent of you are saying yes. Thirty three percent of you are saying no. So not a, not a I mean yeah. a clear majority think yes, but it's. A thirty that's one in three people don't think it's gonna make as much as Black Adam. You know what? It's it's just banking on the last one, I think. And that's it, I agree. and, and it yeah. might it might backfire. Just like, you know, we banked on uh, Mission Impossible, riding off that Tom top gun stuff. Who I never did. I, oh, I no 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 no. I actually thought, well, that's the reason why I actually watched it. I didn't I didn't watch any Mission Impossibles, but I watched the Mission Impossible because Tom Cruise won my fandom from Top Gun. Yeah, yeah, I so. think a lot of people are like that. All right, let's get over to your questions. Jonathan, what are we starting off with? Uh, Sam Fisher, the two-parter. I'm super excited for the One Piece live action. I really hope it's good. I'm going to recommend something weird, but if you all do watch it after you watch it, English, watch the ja oh, watch the Japanese dub because anime voice cast is doing the dub for the live action. Um, and one of my favorite things on the internet right now is people have been taking uh, BTS photos of the cast and redrawing them with the actual character as they appear in the um, manga anime. It's a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie to you, Sam. I, I have no intention of watching One Piece. I, I don't. It's, it's not something that interests me. I've, I've said that about three dozen times on yeah. this show. It's not something that interests me. So we probably won't be talking about it on this channel. I, I am not going to be discussing it because no point in me discussing something I don't have any knowledge of. And it's, I've got a thousand other things lined up that I'm trying to get around to watching and one piece just won't be it. Again, I'm not trash talking one piece. Uh, not at all. It's just, it's, it doesn't appeal to me and that's right. perfectly fine. All right. What's next? 
Garden Variety Vagabond writes, just listen to the soundtrack of uh, the most amazing musicals. Start a singer that no one thought could act and an actor that no one thought could sing. Not Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, but Madonna and Antonio Banderas. Plus, add Jonathan Price. What are we talking about? Uh, He's talking about like... Uh, it was that... Was that um, Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's right. Was that uh, with Madonna Evita. Antonio Banderas? Was, is he talking about Evita? I think, Evita. I think, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. I I still don't know that I'm willing to say Madonna can act. Um, but Have uh, you seen Dick Tracy? <laughs> yes. Seen <laughs> Dick Tracy. Did you? Or what's the other one that she did where she's like playing herself opposite her? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That was uh, Desperately Seeking Susan. That's what it was. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not ready. Even with the Vita, I'm not ready to say Madonna can act. A League of Their Own. Oh, my God. You know, A League of Their Own's really she was, good. She was better than that. She... She was passable mm. in that. <laughs> she she they, she let the dialogue was so good. She was able Way to, to find a word that's the worst but the best. <laughs> and again, I'm not I'm no Madonna hater. I, I listen. I grew up with Madonna. It's just that I, I'm not ready to call her an actress yet. All right, what's next? <laughs> yet <laughs> running we're running out of time. <laughs> Miss Maddie, she's 30. just the beginning of her acting career. Come on. Miss Maddie 35 writes, Hi, crew. If the Echo show isn't good, it might be best for Marvel to scrap it uh, to protect their brand. HBO scrapped the first Game of Thrones spinoff, yep. Blood Moon, uh, because it wasn't good enough. Given how Game of Thrones series ended, they need they needed the follow-up to be great, and it was. I we this This is a topic we've talked about before. Now, obviously, there are still some people out there that think that, oh, Warner Brothers just should have released that Batgirl film. What are you, wh- are you insane? Are you actually clinically insane? Look at the mess, the reputation that DC's in right now. Even when they're putting out good movies, they're flopping. It would, they, the, the piece of trash that Batgirl ended up being, if they had actually released that and damaged the reputation even more, then nothing good was going to come out of that coming out. Uh, somebody else has brought up the question, hey, if Echo, and we don't know that Echo's good or bad. I've heard nothing about whether it's good, about whether it's bad. Nothing. I mean, it's still coming out. Yeah, I don't even know. So, but somebody else also brought up and asked, if Echo's really bad, which we don't know that it is, we're saying if, theoretically, if it's really bad, should they just scrap it? 100% yes. Right now, Marvel's rep, if you will, people's impressions of Marvel are at an all-time low. Just a, It was just two two years ago or so that Marvel could do no wrong. Right, right up until about Endgame, well, a little bit more than two years ago, but right up until that, Marvel could do no wrong, and now their reputation is pretty shaky right now. If Echo's horrible, it would serve them very well to just put it on the shelf and pretend it didn't exist. Again, but if it's great, put it out. But if it's bad, yeah, skip it. Yeah. And you're right; they did the exact same thing. Warner Brothers did that with Game of Thrones. They invested a hell ton of money. You know, these Disney Plus shows are putting more pressure on the, these movies to be good. Like, because people, you know, it's like you watch these Disney Plus shows. When they suck, people are looking to the movie. Well, at least for me, I'm looking to the movie and be like, this one's going to be good because it's a movie. But you know right? what? It's then, almost the opposite is true, too. I think people are getting, are watching the Marvel TV stuff on Disney Plus and going, well, why would I bother to see the next movie? That's going to be shit, too. Yeah, Marvel's right, putting out shit yep. now. Right? So they got to get that corrected. All right. What's next? All right. We've got Roy who writes, do you think uh, that with all the negative things being said about Rachel Zegler, it will hit hurt uh, the new Hunger Games movie? Let me just say this. 
I don't even know what's going on. I read a headline, but I didn't bother to read more. I heard all this stuff, right? What is it basically? They don't want her to be Snow White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so all this stuff. Oh, did you hear what Rachel Ziegler said? Oh, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay. Well, that, I went and Adam read. <laughs> I went and read what Rachel Ziegler said. It's nothing. It's literally nothing. What'd she say? It's it's like minor stuff, like some observations she had about the original Snow White. Mm. Everybody's saying like, oh, she's trash talking the original Snow White. I'm like, oh, wow, I got to go see what she said. And it's like- She didn't say anything original. We've like, been saying that for years. Yeah, she's not saying anything that other people haven't said for a long time. And it's not even that bad. Look, I have no idea if this is going to be the next Disney live action piece of shit or if it's going to be the next really good one like Aladdin was. I have no idea- I, I'm not really invested all that much in it, but holy shit. You can, there are just people who have an agenda that they want to hate Rachel Zegler because it's not a Caucasian girl playing it. And they're desperately scratching at anything they can to find a complaint about, because I read what she said and I was like, there's got to be more than this. That's that certain people are getting so upset about. Cause this really is pretty innocuous. Mm-hmm. This isn't that bad. I mean, would I have said what she said, eh, probably not. This isn't that bad. It, this is, again, this is people with pre-existing biases just trying to make something an issue when it's really not. Yeah. Again, this movie might be a total bag of shit. Disney has certainly made a number of live action adaptations, which are total bags of shit. And this movie might be the next of them. But uh, th- this whole thing about, did you hear what Rachel said? I, uh, yeah, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so stupid. Anyway. All right. What's next? Roy uh, writes, saw Blue Beetle with my two sons, and they loved it. My oldest cried twice while watching it. It reminded me of the story my mom told me of taking me to see Short Circuit 2 uh, <laughs> and the screaming in the theater when the bad guys were destroying Johnny Five. I'll tell you what, Ray. I haven't taken Anne to see it yet. Which one? Blue Beetle. Oh, yeah. That's going to be and And, you know, she's leaving for England on Wednesday, so I'm probably not going to get a chance to see her. And I am still struggling and wrestling about whether or not I should take her to see it at all because not because it's not good. It is good. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you're talking. You know what I'm talking about, right? There's a yeah. scene in there that I don't know how she's going to handle emotionally. And yeah, and then like the 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 dad actually kind of like you know his. Well, we don't know. want to spoil anything. Yeah, yeah. But yeah no, I, no, I meant just no. The way he looked was kind of like very reminiscent. Reminded me a bit of, of yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I I could see that because that 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 part got me too yeah. in the theater. So all right, what's next? Uh, Anthony Garcia writes, hey, John and crew, next year's movie lineup for March is looking exciting. Films like Elio, The Fall Guy, Kung Fu Panda 4, A Quiet Place Day 1, Godzilla vs. Kong 2, Snow White, Ghostbusters 2, and Mickey 17. Which of these films are you most excited for? That's all March. I, I oh, Keep that up there. I want, I want to look at that can, list again. Can I go real quick, John, on this one? Sure. Uh, you know how I'm not, I, I, I'm not usually a Pixar person that when a Pixar film comes... This Elio, I'm excited for this Elio. I know. I'm looking forward to Elio. It it's only good. because it's in the space. It's in the space. He's in space and yeah, stuff no, like it, that. It looks I good. agree. It I looks, like it. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong 2 is obviously going to have my attention. Mickey 17. But listen, it's it's obviously a quiet place day one. Quiet Because I love the quiet place films. Yes, this one's not going to have John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. That's fine. I love this world they've created. So I'd have to say that one. But that's a pretty stacked month. Oh, is that's the, the one with uh, Lupita? Is that the one with Lupita? Yeah, the, Lupita the day one. Yep. one? Mm-hmm. He, uh, also, there's like Mufasa, the Lion King in March. I don't know. That's I'm like not going to pretend that I'm totally excited is that, about what that. What is that? Is that like? It's a prequel. Okay. It's like it's like uh, Mufasa and Scar growing up together uh, and stuff like that. I 
I love Lion King. I'm not super excited about that one, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. All right, we need the Lion King universe. Uh, Drew H. writes, streaming recommendation for all red, white, and blue on uh, Prime Video. Oh, is that the, uh, yeah, yeah, based off a popular book, Shakespeare is, it is not, but it excels at what rom-coms need, which is chemistry between the leads uh, and convincing the audience that the characters fall in love. It's also fun seeing Uma Thurman as the U.S. president. I have never even heard of this film. Does anybody, do you guys know anything about it? No, you know, I thought this, was, I thought there's another series called Red, White, and Royal Blue. And it's like a British thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I thought that's what this was. So I'm not sure what this is. Yeah, not heard of it, but I'll keep my eye open. Now you put it on my radar. I'll keep my eye open for it. All right, what's next? Uh, we've got uh, Yosef who writes, oh, one of four. Okay. Hey, John, love you and your show. I unfortunately have some sad news as a film fan. I am a resident of Chicago, specifically the Rogers Park neighborhood. My entire time there, I frequented a local movie theater called The New 400, that has serviced our community for 111 years. Wow. This local movie theater was a staple of our neighborhood's identity and our history. I saw so many films there, and it was there for me whenever life, my anxiety, or depression uh, got the better of me and gave me a much-needed uh, escape into the world of cinema. Unfortunately, COVID really did a number on the business. Yeah. And after 111 years of service, it's now coming to an end. This hurt John, or this hurts, John. It's almost like I lost a part of myself, and we lost an old friend. Uh... If any of, oh, here, you have a local theater in your area, please show it your support. The New 400 had class and character, and it loved our community as much as we loved it. It's hard to see something go that had been there for me when I needed it most. Tell you what, I, I always talk about how movies are experiential events, right? And places that we have are powerful experiential events happen in our lives those places become special to us. Whether it's, that's the, re I can tell you the restaurant, exact, I can tell you the table that Ann and I sat down, had dinner at, at our first date. I can tell you that. I can tell you exactly where it is. I can tell you the table because that experience is one of the most important experiences of my life. I can tell you the first place Ann and I lived together because that, that was an experience for us and it's a special one. It's always gonna be there. Movies are powerful experiences that we share, often with other people in our lives. That's why whenever I talk about the story of the guy who was my best friend growing up who passed away a couple of years ago, I always tell the story that when we went to go see Batman, we went to go see Tim Burton's Batman. We were just kids, took the bus down to the Lloyd D. Jackson Square Famous Players Movie Theaters. I will always remember that theater. I know exactly where it was because a powerful, special experience of mine happened in that place. And as a result, that place is a special place to me. The famous players, movie theaters that were in the Lime Ridge Mall in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, were really my first movie-going experiences were there. As, as a little kid, I'd, I'd you know, be able, I was just old enough to get on a bus and go to the mall and go to see a movie. With It's the first place I ever went to a movie without my parents. That place was special to me. The Silver City... Uh, Cine Cineplex Theater in Ancaster, Ontario, right beside Hamilton. Most of my favorite movie-going experiences are in that theater. That's where I went to go see Lord of the Rings Return of the King, man. And it's special. And when it closes down, like I only had a couple of years to go to Arclight in Hollywood, but when it closed, it, it hurt. Mm -hmm. Not because, oh, a great place I can see movies is closed down. There's a lot of places to go see movies, but a place that I have some very specific memories and experiences has shut down. And, uh, and even though I wasn't as, t as attached to that one as I am to certain other ones up in Canada, it hurt. 
And so, yes, absolutely support your local movie theaters. These places that you have these fond memories, these experiences of, go support them because they deserve it. All right, what's next? Mr. Heidi Whitey. Hey, team, just wanted to shout out Metalocalypse Army of the Doomstar, which will be released tomorrow for dedicating the film to the late John Schnepp, who was a longtime director of the show. He has always missed thanks. Did they actually say they dedicated it to John Schnepp? Uh, if that's true, that's that's big thumbs up in my books. Yeah, he, I guess that. he's saying they did. Um, yeah, that's so, a big day then. Yeah, a lot of people didn't know that Schnepp directed a lot of Metalocalypse. Um I'll and it was it funny because sometimes I would introduce Schnepp to some people and 90% of the time that I would introduce Schnepp to people is like, oh yeah, I love you on AMC Movie Talk and blah, blah, blah. But every once in a while, I'll introduce him to somebody I'm like, wait a minute, did you direct Metalocalypse? And people would like totally geek out because of that. But that's pretty cool if they're actually dedicating that to him. All right, what's next? Selena Espinoza, right? Or Selena Espinoza writes... Uh, I've lost my dad almost a year ago. So sorry to hear about that. Yeah, so and sorry. one particular scene in Blue Beetle hit me like a brick wall. Mm. I love that movie. I'm also Mexican, so it's breaking my heart that it's it that uh, it is not going to do well. Wow. Ten out of ten for me. Again, it I I think it's a particularly unfortunate thing when because making a movie is really hard. Yeah. And making a good movie is nearly impossible. So it always breaks my heart a little bit when a collective big group of people make a movie and they make it good and it doesn't enjoy the success that it enjoys. I, it always is sad when that happens. And Blue Beetle is the next one of those. It's a good movie with a couple of really great emotional beats, some good excitement in it, some surprisingly solid CGI. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it deserves to be doing better, but I, I think we all kind of knew it wouldn't, unfortunately. And that is a very powerful moment in the film that you're referring to. All right, what's next? Okay, Anonymous writes, movie companies seem to, to be lacking when uh, it comes to advertising their own movies. Why is that? I mean, Disney advertised the hell out of the movie Frozen, and there's still Frozen merchandise being sold to this day. I really do believe that advertising... Hmm. I'm not sure who that would be. All right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, look, some distributors remember a lot of times the company that makes a movie is not also the same company that distributes it disney is warner brothers is a lot of other times movies that get made by one company and they get distributed by another and it's the distributor that looks after marketing right so for instance uh, spider-man no way home marvel and disney made the film in cooperation with sony but sony was the distributor they controlled what happened to the movie and they controlled the marketing which is one of the reasons why the marketing was so good. Um, Toys for Frozen aren't still being sold as advertising. Toys for Frozen keeps getting, or they're still on sale because people keep buying them. I mean, I, I, you take a movie like Blue Beetle, you can put all the Blue Beetle product out in the field right now that you want. It's not going to change anything. People just aren't going to buy it. Uh, unfortunately, again, the movie deserves success, but it's not getting it. So, I mean, and, and by the way, you can spend anywhere from $20 million marketing a film to $200 million. It's a lot of money to market a film. Sometimes they spend more on marketing a film than they do on making the film itself. But not all distributors have super huge marketing budgets. Or not, there's a lot of movies that you just know aren't going to make a certain amount of money. So if you spend too much money in the marketing, you guarantee the, money will, the movie will never be profitable. Every movie is an individual case, and it's always a balancing act. All right. What's next? Okay, up next is uh, Murray Reich, who writes, Murray! Uh, does anyone still think 
The DCU, the DCEU doesn't need to be rebooted after this tornado box office disaster the past couple of years of films. Uh, the writing is on the wall. I, it's like people in my circles who prefer listening to music on CD uh, players over Spotify. <laughs> um, I, I, I really think you'll have a hard time finding anybody who doesn't think the DCEU needs to be ended and rebooted anymore. Um, look, here's the facts. The reality is, as somebody who only ever gave negative reviews to two DCEU films, that was the Harley Quinn movie, the Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman 1984. As someone who's given positive to great reviews for every other one of their movies, as coming from a guy who thinks Man of Steel is one of the most underrated masterpieces of the comic book genre, the DCEU never worked. It never took off. Every one of their, even the films that had big box office, with the exception of Aquaman and the first Wonder Woman, None of the rest of them lived up anywhere near their potential. A lot of them were rejected by the audience, certainly didn't live up to the critic hype or, or didn't fail to get critic hype, I should say. I mean, I keep on going back to, listen, a monkey and a shoe could have put out a movie called Batman versus Superman and that thing should have made a billion dollars. <laughs> With the potential of a $2 billion film. A movie called Batman versus Superman should have had the potential, at least, to have been a $2 billion film. That movie couldn't make $900 million. I mean, still made a lot of money for a movie, but it under, it did not live up to its potential at all. And the, the DCEU never did as a whole. It never was able to get that, that trifecta of enjoying critic success, audience success, and financial success. They were just, doesn't matter how much I pleaded for people to go and give Man of Steel another shot or how much I tried to defend Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. It, it doesn't matter. It never, ever worked the way it was supposed to work. It never fully clicked. It would, never was able to fire on all cylinders. And everybody can stand around and make all the excuses. They, well, it just didn't work because of this. Or it just didn't work. It doesn't matter. You can come up with all the excuses that you want in the world. The bottom line was it never fully worked. And it was just, its failure was just accentuated more and more by the fact that Marvel at the time was able to crank out hit after hit after hit that the audiences loved, that the critics loved, that the box office adored. And, and it just kind of became to the point, you know what it's like? The Transformers movies. All of them garbage, except for the, the first, I like the first one. I actually quite like the first one. <laughs> yeah. But they made sequel after sequel after sequel after sequel that were all garbage. Some of them even made a billion dollar films, but eventually the audience caught on. And then they put out Transformers the last night where Marky Mark of his funky bunch held aloft the Excalibur sword of Cybertron and joined the Knights of Cybertron. It's like, what is the <laughs> shit going on there? And it was that movie that finally, that the audience has said, no, you fooled us like four times. We're not coming back. I think took a massive drop in the box office. And then even when they put out a good movie, Bumblebee after that, it dropped even more. And that's what happened with DC. It's like, you know what? We kept the audience just said we kept giving you chance after chance after chance, and you made some okay box office, blah blah. But eventually, the, the audience just went, "We're done, we're <laughs> we're done with you." And the last five years, they haven't been able to make a movie that could even make four hundred million dollars. Nobody with an ounce of sanity doesn't think that they should reboot this DC universe. Even if you're somebody like me who loves a lot of the DCEU, 
even I got to say, yeah, got to reboot this thing because it's now just a dumpster fire. Anyway. All right. What's next? Uh, the Murdoch Mystery Ride. Saw Strays this weekend. I liked the film, but I was the only one in the theater in downtown Toronto. <laughs> it felt really weird to be in an empty theater for an R-rated comedy, and I, and I wish I had others to react with it. Uh, does this happen to y'all often? It happened to me once. I, I I can maybe think of one or two times in my life that that's that I've gone into a theater where it's literally just me and maybe the person who came with me. And that's really unfortunate. Strays is a really funny movie. Granted, it depends on your taste. If you're not down with really explicit and foul humor, and, and listen, not a, a lot of people aren't, and that's fine. That's totally cool. We all have our tastes. If it, that's not for you, this movie will not be for you. But if it is, if you like Deadpool kind of humor, you should have gone out in droves to see Strays because there's a lot of laughs. You know what? The two best comedies this year, nobody went to go see. Joyride, one of the best comedies I've seen in years. One of the best comedies I've seen in a decade was Joyride. I'm not going to say Strays is one of the best comedies of the decade, but it's the second best comedy of the year. And both those films, nobody went to go see. And guess what, guys? You know what message you just sent to the studios is? We, as a collective audience, what we as fans, the message we just sent to the studios is we don't want R-rated comedies. That's what we just told the studios. They put out two Fabulous, gritty, you know, filthy R-rated comedies that were great. And there's nothing out that, or has come out that are are like either one of them. No, and they're they're completely original. They're wonderfully made, super funny, and we don't go see. So what we have just told the studios is, excuse me, studios, yeah, um, we don't care about R-rated comedies. Don't make them anymore unless they're comic book movie R-rated comedies. Or we don't laugh in the summertime. Yeah, we don't like to laugh in the we summertime. We don't like laughing during the hot days. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean, so so don't get mad when the studios don't p- decide not to get behind and support R-rated comedies. Don't get mad. We just spent the entire summer and the entire year telling studios we don't care about R-rated comedies. Because they put out two great ones and nobody's... I mean, these two films crashed and burned box office-wise. Mm. And they, so why would a studio put out another one if the audience isn't going to support them, even when they're good? Were they both uh, universal? Because Strays was universal. No, Lionsgate. No, Lionsgate was, uh, uh, Lionsgate was behind uh, Joyride. Gotcha. Which, again, one of the best comedies I've seen in a decade. Anyway. All right, what's next? Uh, the Hutch. I love Hunger Games and grew up with them, but I had absolutely zero interest in the new one. That wasn't until I saw the trailer, and now it's one of my favorite, most anticipated movies of the year. Uh, it might be my favorite trailer of the year. It looks fantastic. Tell you what, Hutch. I, I couldn't have given two squirts of urine about the new Hunger Games. Every time, man. Always the urine. <laughs> I just, I just Always couldn't. squirting your urine, man. <laughs> <laughs> but then they showed us the trailer in April. They showed us the trailer for it early uh, in April at CinemaCon. And even I had to go, wow. Squirt, squirt. Squirt, squirt. Here's my urine. You are worthy of two drops of Campia urine. Well done. I, I suddenly had to go, that's, this actually looks pretty good. And I'm not a big Hunger Games guy. I didn't care less about this prequel thing. But yeah, I I got I don't think it's one of the best trailers of the year, but it was certainly really well put together to the point that it got me interested in it. That was, so. that, that was my two biggest regrets at CinemaCon. One was fall, actually falling asleep and missing that trailer, the uh, 
and also going to the restroom when they showed the wicked thing. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about that. Prostitute. No, no, no. The wicked, the wicked. You guys said it looked phenomenal. I actually was holding my pee the whole time, and I just had. Yeah, to go. the wicked thing looked awesome. And again, that was another one that I couldn't care less about. And then they played this big presentation for Wicked, and yeah. it looked incredible. Anyway, all right, what's next? Okay, uh, we got to move on to supers, but do you want to take a break? We yeah, we're gonna we're gonna move on to the super chats. Before we do, we're gonna take a quick second here and thank two of the sponsors of today's episodes here on the John Cabot Channel: our friends at Rocket Money and my mobile service provider, Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, Rocket Money. Did you know that the average person has around 12 paid subscriptions and they might not even remember to subscribing to half of those? If you have no idea just how much you're spending each month, you need Rocket Money. It's this great app that tracks all of your expenses so you know exactly where your money is going. I recently just found out that over 80% of people have subscriptions that they've completely forgotten about. Seriously, think about how many free trials you subscribe to that you just probably never canceled. And that's why I'm such a big fan of Rocket Money, because I was one of those people. When I signed up to Rocket Money, I was stunned to find out that a gym I had belonged to in another city I lived in, I had still been paying my dues to for over two years. Also, that music subscription service I use, yeah, I forgot I was subscribed to two other ones. That's where Rocket Money comes in because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. With over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have saved on average of $720 a year. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash campia. That's rocketmoney.com slash campia. Rocketmoney.com slash campia. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, Mint Mobile. Signing your life away to a big wireless provider is kind of like being trapped on a roller coaster from hell. Sure, it looks like fun at first. They probably even threw in a free phone, but now you can't get off. Month after month of insane bills and unexpected thrills, like overages and surprise fees. If that sounds like your current big wireless plan, it's time to get off the ride with Mint Mobile. For a limited time, wireless plans for Mint Mobile are just $15 a month. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for just 15 bucks a month. You guys know before I came to Mint Mobile, I was paying triple what I am paying now on the standard big wireless plan, and I will never go back. All plans come with unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped right to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash campia. That's mintmobile.com dot com slash campia cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia and thank you to our friends at rocket money and mint mobile for sponsoring this episode all right guys with that down let's keep on going here what's next all right next up is fangblaze 71 did you see that wandavision and loki will be available on dvd in the next couple of months i'm definitely going to buy them yeah <laughs> who cares i, I mean it's <laughs> very confusing kidding. to me like they're these are shows that had been out for a long time. And if you've got, if you like them, it means you have Disney plus. And if you got Disney plus, I don't know why you'd buy the physical copy of them. And frankly, other than WandaVision, I don't think any of them are worth owning, but that's, that's just me. If you are a physical media guy, like Rob, you know, Rob was on the show earlier. Rob was very happy. These are coming out. If you're a big physical media person, that's good news for somebody like me who thinks equates physical media with using a rotary phone. eh, not so much, but that's just me. All right. What's next? Taki 75 writes, one, Elemental is now the most successful original animated film since 2017. 
Two, if Lionel Messi's career was a movie, it would be dismissed as too fanciful. Yeah, he comes over to the North American League and instantly takes Inter-Miami to the league championship. He scores in every single game that he played in. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, listen, and unfortunately, Elemental is not a profitable film. Uh, but it went, listen, with the super low opening weekend it had, people thought, I also suspect that it wouldn't even make $200 million. Seriously, that's, that's the trajectory it was on. Made over $450 million. It just had legs. So uh, it certainly got a lot closer to the break-even point. I, I, you can't call it a hit, though, unfortunately. But I love the movie. I think it's fantastic. All right, what's next? Fangblade 71 writes, What do you think we'll see first? Doctor Strange 3, Thor 5, Black Panther 3, or Shang-Chi 2? Probably Doctor Strange. I'm, I, be- yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to think Doctor Strange... Uh, three. I think we're going to see Shang-Chi uh-huh. pretty soon. I just don't think it's going to be the sequel. Uh, I think we could see him. You know what? I'm I'm not convinced that we're not going to see him make a, at least a cameo in the Marvels. Because clearly the bangle mm-hmm. uh, of Ms. Marvel is connected to the Ten Rings. Yeah. So, and and Shang, and then um, Simu Liu, the actor who plays Shang-Chi, he hinted that you just might see him pop up sooner than you think. So I got a feeling we might actually see him in the marbles. And why have that post credit scene of Shang-Chi 2 where they're literally talking about the signal of the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then in Ms. Marvel where they find the bangle, it's in the middle of a giant 10 rings symbol. Yeah. So I think we're going to, might probably see, I, I don't know that we are. Nobody's told me anything. I'm just guessing. All right. What's next? Okay. Sam Fisher writes, sorry, John, I thought my one piece tip would be on Friday show when Chris was running it. Ah, uh-huh. but uh, my advice and comment still applies to you too. I, I appreciate it, but again, <laughs> I have I have zero interest in One Piece. Again, me not trashing it. I haven't seen it to trash. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm just saying it's not something that appeals to me, unfortunately. All right, what's next? Uh, I mean, writes uh, Fan Expo Toronto is happening this weekend, and I noticed a lot of celebs still listed. I thought they couldn't do conventions because of the strike. Nope, they can absolutely still do conventions. Mm-hmm. They just can't go in support of a particular yeah. project. So, for example, we've got, uh, let's just say Aquaman is coming out, right? Aquaman's coming out in a few months, theoretically. Um, what they can't do is have an Aquaman panel and Jason Momoa goes to be on the Aquaman panel to support Aquaman. That can't happen. But actors can go and talk about, you know, their careers. They can talk about things they had done in the past. They can talk about their personal lives. What they just can't do is promote upcoming projects. But yes, they absolutely can go to conventions. By the way, I love the Toronto Fan Expo. My first Toronto Fan Expo, I was one of only three or four outlets that was allowed to sit down and actually interview William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy as they did this panel together. And I got to talk to them afterwards. It was one of the best experiences I ever had. It was great. Toronto Fan Expo is awesome. All right, what's next? Uh, John Redcorn writes, over under 35%, Gran Turismo opens bigger than Blue Beetle. I say over. You know what? Before seeing the movie, I would have said under. But it's a it's quite a good movie. And I think I may have underestimated the, the fan base that the game has. And Blue Beetle opened pretty low at 25. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over. All right, what's next? Uh, John Redcorn is back. Is it fair or foul to call Fast and Furious and Mission Impossible dying franchises? Fast X and MI7 both made less than their previous films. It is fair to say it about Fast. It is unfair to say it about Mission Impossible. And the reason being is this. With Mission, with Fast and the Furious, it's a, it's a trend, right? You've seen the, the box office doing this. If this is now three films in a row 
that the box office has been smaller than the movie before it. Three films in a row for Fast and Furious. So it's fair to say Fast and Furious is a dying franchise. It ain't dead. This one's still made over $700 million. It ain't dead, but it's on the decline. With Mission Impossible, you're talking about one movie. Um, and it still has already made over $550 million. So it's relatively close to what the previous one made. But um, so I'd say foul to say that about Mission Impossible yet. Fair to say it about Fast and Furious. All right. What's next? Connor Dorian writes, um, Disney Plus is releasing the Percy Jackson TV series on December 20th of this year with the first two episodes. Yeah. I like this trend of releasing a show with the first couple of episodes. I Because it gives you right out of the gate, a better feel for the show as you're starting it, right? Like, I I really do think these streamers should be doing week-to-week releases, but the idea of starting out the show with a couple of episodes, maybe even three, I really like that because it gives you a better taste for the DNA of the show and a better idea if you want to continue on with it. So I love that trend. So December 20th is, is a Wednesday, so I'm guessing that's going to be a midnight. So they're not doing this for all shows. Unless... Unless this be Thursday or this Ahsoka thing that they're doing, yeah. moving it to primetime, if this works out well, I think you're going to see all their major shows are going to be given to primetime releases. At least that's the hope. All right, what's next? Uh, Fangblaze writes, I'm really excited for the Ahsoka show, but also really tired of her character. Seems like they put her in everything they can now. No, they don't. One person does. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> One person does. Um, I I have grown to really like Dave Filoni. The one thing that drives me crazy about Dave is his complete 100% obsession with the Ahsoka character. Everything's got to have Ahsoka in it. Ahsoka this, everything's got to be Ahsoka. And while I have grown to appreciate the character since Rebels, because I I like the way they use the character in Rebels, I really like Rosario Dawson's um, iteration of the character quite a bit, and I am also quite excited for this series. I think the trailers look fantastic. But... Yeah, it, it pretty much goes without saying. If Dave Filoni is involved with something, get ready to have it covered in Ahsoka Tano. Uh, I mean, Ahsoka Town. I mean, that's... Oh, I got Ahsoka everywhere. Um, the Book of Ahsoka Town. The Book of Ahsoka Tano is that... Look, I, I'm not going to be surprised if at some point they retcon Star Wars to say Ahsoka is the head of the Jedi Order. I, I, look... All that is sounding like I'm not excited. I'm very excited for this show, actually. I think the trailers have been bonkers. I love Rosario Dawson in the role. Them getting Mary Elizabeth Winstead to come in and play Hera was genius. Ray Stevens as the villain. I mean, come on. I don't think there's much not to be excited about. But yeah, Dave Filoni is pretty obsessed with the Ahsoka character. All right, what's next? Nexus Fuel rides. Are you planning to go to HHN this year at Universal? Lots of really cool IPs like Last of Us, Chucky, and Evil Dead. Um, rise are getting mazes. Oh, ho- the Halloween. Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. Ann and I go every year. We're, we're season passes to Universal Studios Hollywood. We love it. Uh, way better than Disneyland. Depends on what you're looking for. Uh, for me, it's a way better experience than Disneyland. Fuck Disneyland. Um, Halloween Horror Nights is awesome. And, you know, it doesn't even matter what the IP is. It it doesn't matter if this maze is called Texas Chainsaw or that maze is called Stranger Things. It really doesn't matter. The mazes are really fun. And they're really especially fun if you go through them with Ray Ora walking in front of you. Oh, yeah. I like to call it, how fast can we run through a maze? (laughs) Ray, why are you sweating? (laughs) It's it's really fun. So I absolutely am going to go to it again this year. I'm 100% going to go. You know, it was at Halloween Horror Nights. 
I'll never forget this. Whenever we go out in public, we, we're always so lucky that we have like people, random people who watch the John Campbell show will come up and, and I love it when they do. But at Halloween Horror Nights, we were going through the killer clowns from outer space maze. And, you know, these incredible costumes of the killer clowns from outer space. And they're jumping out. And one of the killer clowns comes up to me. And the face is totally covered, right? The guy's face is totally covered. Just a killer clown. Leans in. Uh, Mr. Campia, I, I really, I've been watching your show for a bunch of years, ever since AMC. And just want to say I'm a big fan. I'm like, awesome. One of the killer clowns watches the show. It was great. All right. What's next? Uh, Devin Lita writes, I, I watched the IMAX presentation of Blue Beetle and loved it. I was really surprised my room was vastly empty. Uh, and at making $25 million, there, yeah. there weren't a lot of packed theaters, unfortunately. Um, and again, this film deserves to have some success. I really do hope that what happened with Elemental happens with Blue Beetle, that it just gets a good word of mouth going and then maybe it never you know, breaks out, but that it, it's able to get some sustained success. Because again, Elemental opened up to roughly about what Blue Beetle opened up to and it ended up making $450 million. Here's hoping, Ray. You might end. Up, you could end up being right if the elemental effect happens. Blue Beetle could make more than Black Adam. It's unlikely, but it deserves it. It really does. All right, what's next? <laughs> uh, James Wheeler with a twenty dollars super chat. Thank, Thank you, you, James. Uh, hello, everyone. Jonathan, because you recently mentioned the Last Waltz, I watched it again for the first time in about ten years. What an amazing documentary! Yeah, man. Uh, John, I'm telling you, you got to check out The Last Waltz. It would be great in your theater. Which one is it again? So that's the uh, Martin Scorsese. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you yeah, telling me about this the, one. It's the band who used to be the backing band for Bob Dylan. Right. It's got and, uh, like Neil what, Young, Eric Clapton. Uh, which you know, streaming service is it on? You From, know, I know it's streaming. Let me find out. I'll, I'll, I'll research it. Okay. Yeah. All right. What's next? All right. Uh, By the way, thanks again, James. Appreciate the support, man. Daniel Vic Daniel Vakura writes, oh, this is a one or two, so I got to start up here. Daniel Vakura writes, uh, with the only or the officially re released clip of Ahsoka with the duel, the color contrast looks pretty bad with the white lightsaber and gray background. Uh, they don't look like they don't look distinct where the backgrounds should be darker to make the lightsaber shine. The Disney Plus shows also uh, without the lightsaber trails uh, make them look more like glowing sticks to me. I don't know. Like, I remember. When I worked in visual effects, one of the coolest things we got to work on was a project that had lightsabers. And no, we didn't work on a Star Wars movie. It was a, it was a different thing. But And you had, a lot of the time, you had the big following glow of the lightsaber and it would swing, right? In higher frame rate, that doesn't work to the, the way the eye communicates with the brain with higher frame rates, it just is not going to look that way. It'll look different than that. I got to say, I kind of prefer, and, and this will all be, your mileage may vary. This is going to be the individual's taste. Some people will agree. Some people will disagree. For me, I kind of do look like the look of the new lightsaber, at least the way the movement, the blur, the afterglow, all that kind of stuff. I think it looks better today than it did before. But again, that that's all a matter of taste completely. All right, what's next? All right, we've got... Dildar the Glorious. Hey, John, since you managed to start playing uh, Baldur's Gate 3, who are you eyeing to, to bang? I went with the ty, uh, the Tiefling Barbarian. Tiefling. Tiefling Barbarian. Me like Big Red Lady. Uh, I, I can honestly say I've had no intimate moments in Baldur's Gate 3. I am a hero barbarian who's there to take care of business, not to get the old willy yanked. I'm there to save lives. That's also, 
when I said I got stuck somewhere earlier, was that what I you said got it stuck was on? A, it was it was a fly. It's a flare. The mind flare. Oh, the mind flare. And I, I was calling oh, it now flyer. Now I know what you're talking. Oh. about. I was like the second part. You go in. They're like the newborn in the tomb. I was like, how do I get out of this room? Which is I've where, touched, like, on Stranger I've, Things, they came up with I've that name. I touched everything. I'm like. Fly? I don't yeah, yeah. remember Fly, any flyer. Fly I was calling it flyer, but flyer. Flyer, <laughs> yeah, the mind flyer. Yeah. All That's right. where I'm stuck. What's Someone next? Uh, CJ Rebirth, no spoilers, but there was a scene in Blue Beetle that reminded me of Big Hero 6 where Baymax stops Hero from removing his healthcare chip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was. You know what? I, at some point, I'm going to have to hopefully get a chance to sit down with one of the directors of the film. And find oh. out, really, why did Be Hero 6 not get a sequel? It was so good. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Really? Oh, man. Oh. That's why you looked at me, because I was like, oh, it looks like San Francisco. And you looked at me like, what? I'm like, yep. it's from the movie Big Hero oh. 6. It's, it's really, really good. And I, I know they did a pathetic animated series. It's one they really should have got another one. All right, what's next? Uh, King Daddy Go, 24-hour stream to raise money for Canada's fires. 24-hour stream, no, that's hard. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with with 24 hour streams. Uh, I mean that, that last one, we, the, the 24 hour stream we did before nearly like quite literally nearly killed me. So uh, not going to be doing that uh, again. Yeah. I remember seeing people walk in and walk out to try to take, uh, it was for the Philippines. one. Yep. Right? Yeah. For the Filipino, uh, yeah, the type that was of crazy. Cause I think I spent the night at your place and yep. a lot of people, the door people open kept coming and taking shifts. Yeah. Everybody took shift, yeah, but I stayed on for yeah. pretty much the whole thing. Um, uh, plus I'm not quite sure. I mean, helping people who've been affected by the fires, but I think a lot of the fires, I, I, look, I'm not keeping up today. I think a lot of the fires are, just, are, are wildfires. So mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure that would help. Like in the typhoon, you were talking about hundreds of thousands of people that were being displaced their homes. They didn't have clean drinking water. They didn't have all that kind of stuff. That's what we did that for. And, uh, when we did our stuff for, um, feed America, it was like during the pandemic, a lot of people got severely affected and their food banks are running short. So we did one to raise money for that. Stuff like that we'll, we'll continue to do, but probably not a 24-hour one. All right, what's next? Uh, Dildar is back in the middle of Act 2 in Baldur's Gate. Uh, and it's even it's getting even better. J.K. Simmons plays an incredible villain in it. I am not in Act 2. I'm still in Act 1. Yeah, I'm, I'm still in Act Tutorial. You're still in Scene 1. I'm still in Act Tutorial. <laughs> act Tutorial. Um, I have just gotten to uh, the village that the uh, it wasn't the trolls that are was it trolls or anyway that that, that village where the druids are and uh, the the troll characters are t- I, so I'm still fairly early in the game but I've, I've been loving it so far. Yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, right, John Lee writes Warrior goblins. Season- they were goblins. That's right, uh, not trolls. Uh, John Lee writes Warrior season three finale was amazing. Hope we get a season four and wish more people watched and talked about the show. Did you get a chance to watch? Nope. Remember before I talked about I am not going to watch something like One Piece that I'm not interested in. When I have these shows, I'm desperate to watch, and I still haven't had a chance to get around to start watching them. I'm almost finished Star Trek: Strange New World season two. I just got to the episode where they had the crossover with the animated show. Let me see. Star Trek Strange New Worlds is even better than the season one. This is the best Star Trek since Next Generation. 
It, it really is. It's They've done a wonderful, wonderful job with this show. But I got to get through that. And then next, and I'm trying to also, while that, while I'm watching that, I'm keeping up with what we do in the shadows and Harley Quinn week to week. And then once that's done, I'm going to get on to Warrior Season 3 because I've waited for Season 3 for years. Um, so I'm going to get around to that once I'm done with Star Trek. Strange saving the best for last, huh? Yeah. Well, it's not even last. It's going to be tons no, no, to come No, no, you're saving that. the best for last because you didn't even announce it. Which one? Twisted Metal, baby. Yeah, I'm still not sure. Have you started watching Twisted Metal? Are you all the way caught up with it? I'm like halfway through. Is and you're it's good. You're not answering I, the question. I, I I don't know what to say about it. I can't keep my eyes off of it, but I don't know if it's necessarily good. It's one of the I can't I can't I can't say it right now. We'll see how it ends. A, a raging endorsement from Rayor. All right, what's next? We'll see how it ends. Uh, Terrence Fisher writes, can you explain the Aquaman 2 controversy? I'm not familiar with it. Is it at, as bad as the Ezra controversy? Or are we talking no, about Mara? No, it's just, it's, it's the whole, I mean, Johnny besides Depp. the controversies of reshoots and bad test screenings and all this kind of stuff, it's, it's the Amber Heard thing, yeah, okay. right? There's a lot of people who don't like Amber Heard. She's in it as Mara. And there are a lot of people saying, I'm not going to see that movie. She's in it. Um, it's it's not as bad as the Ezra Miller thing, but it but it's a real thing. It's and significant. And remember the guy, uh, what's his name? The the one who plays the Black Man Manta. Remember where everyone took his uh, quote out of proportion? Oh, where when he, he talked about how oh yeah, he's talking about eh, comic book movies is not like doing theater yeah, or, or something like that. Clown work. Yeah, that was a dumb thing he said, but he followed that up yeah, right? right. Like he backed, he walked that back. He he clarified what he meant by that. All that kind of stuff. I, it's the Amber Heard thing that is bigger for me. Yeah, yeah. The most, the average moving going audience isn't going to care, but there's definitely a demographic that does, and it's going to have an impact. Mm -hmm. It is. All right, what's next? Okay, Brandon writes, wow, there is a report in the Hollywood Report about the movie, about movie toys that briefly said the Flash actually had a $300 million budget, not 220 Is this a bigger bomb than Indy 5? I, I have, you, every official source I have read um, about so they might have misspoke, they might have missed it happens sometimes, but every official source I have ever read was that it was between 220 and 230, 235. That's every official source I've read. So I I don't I don't think that's true. And if it was, I think that would be the headline of a Hollywood reporter story saying the actual cost came in like $80 million higher. So it was probably a mistake, or maybe you misread it, or maybe they just misprinted it the wrong way. I wouldn't worry about it though. All right, what's next? Uh, Andy writes, the moral of the story is to pick up your phone when mom calls, but what about if Stacy's mom calls? Should we answer that as well? Well, Stacy's mom's got it going <laughs> on. Yeah. I don't know if you heard of that, but Stacy's oh mom's got it going God. on. Yeah. Uh, but no, only the real mom, you answer no matter what. All right, what's next? Uh, duck, duck. duck. Is that crazy duck? Elementals has cross uh, for low stock. Yeah, four hundred fifty million. <laughs> Never mind, it's an inside joke. <laughs> you said it like the worst inside joke around here. Don't worry about it. What's next? Okay. Keep going. Uh, all right. So crazy duck writes. Elementals has crossed four hundred fifty million at the box office, and I am happy because well, uh, I love this movie. Uh, talk about a comeback. You know, it reminds me a lot of um, Greatest Showman. Greatest Showman had a very low opening weekend, but went on to be a mega hit. Uh, Elemental is not a mega hit by any stretch, 
But again, it had legs. And this, again, it's a movie that deserved a lot of success. It's a great movie, especially coming off of the very ho-hum, lackluster Buzz Lightyear movie that wasn't so great. Started great, ended badly. Um, But uh, yeah, again, it's not a hit film. It's a very expensive film to make. But when people thought it was only going to make $200 worldwide after that opening, it made $450. Very well designed. And I was trying to see it too. And then the only place that was showing it by the time I looked was the Ontario Dine-In Theater. And it was only for one showing. Um, I, I think it's on Disney Plus now. I can't wait to see it on Disney Plus. Is it on Disney Plus now? I know it had the digital release, but I'm not sure if that means Disney Plus yet. Well, it'll be on soon. If it's not yeah. out there already, it'll be on soon. All right, what's next? Bang Blaze writes, watch Joyride, and I hated it. Hardly any of the comedy worked for me and came off as cringy, but glad you had a good time with it. Now listen. There is nothing more subjective than comedy. All film is subjective, but there's nothing more subjective than comedy. Uh, And listen, the humor, you go to a comedy club, any comedy club, a comedian will tell a joke, half the people will laugh and half the people just sit there. And maybe the next joke, the other half of the people laugh and the other people just sit there. Listen, it's not going to be, that's why I said your miles may vary, but for me, it's the funniest movie I've seen since 40-Year-Old Virgin. And 40-Year-Old Virgin is my favorite comedy of all time. Um, but uh, yeah, that's just me. All right, I haven't seen that one either. <laughs> All right, last one up. Fang Blaze really liked Blue Beetle and agree with Jonathan. The score was the best part, especially during the third act. Also, comedy really worked for me in it. I really liked the film. The comedy didn't work so well for me. Um, there are there are definitely a couple of big laugh out loud moments. Absolutely, but I also found that more of the jokes fell flat for me than than the ones that hit because only a couple of the ones hit for me. Mm. Uh, for me, it was really more the subtle humor worked, but they're big overt gags like with, who's the guy, what's the name of the comedian again who plays the George uncle? George Lopez. Yeah, George Lopez. It's not that George, I, I think George Lopez took the script and really brought it to life, really did. It's just that what they had, it was more script issue. I yeah. didn't think anything that George Lopez did in the movie was funny. And that wasn't George Lopez's fault. He was doing everything he could to elevate that material. But I just, as much as I like the movie and a couple of big laugh out loud moments, yes. And I like this movie. Big thumbs up from me. I didn't find it. I found that the humor did not work so well. I really liked it. Yeah, like we were talking about earlier, the the more subtle stuff. So like actually George Lopez had a great part where he's like, check this out. I figured this out. Take a seat. And he kind of rolls around in a seat and he realizes no other seats there. He's like, or maybe not. But it was just like his delivery. It was so undertone. I just started dying. Yeah, listen. If anybody was going to make those jokes work, George Lopez got them the closest to working than maybe if another actor tried to make them work. Again, I just didn't think that. The humor was the one, the emotional beats worked, the action beats worked, the basic premise of the story worked. I I just thought the one thing about it that, and and by the way, it's not just George Lopez, it's the other humor in the film Mm -hmm. too. I just find that the humor didn't work all that great. But Uh, there is a joke right near the end (laughs) that the scarab, says that oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I laughed loud and hard. But then all the follow-up, what was taking place with the scarab made me laugh even more. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it, again, it has moments. It has moments. All right. So Guys, and that'll do it for today's installment of Open Mic. Thank you so much for being here and making this little show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those questions, number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about, but but number two, by sending in those questions, you actually supported what we do here and all of us involved with our shows. Thank you guys so very much. 
for your support. Don't forget, guys, you can also catch this episode of Open Mic on our podcast feed. Have you guys subscribed to the John Campion Show podcast feed? If not, what are you waiting for? Go subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast app of choice is. Just search for the John Campion Show podcast and subscribe to it. So the next time you're commuting or at the gym or something and you want to get your John Campion Show or Open Mic fix, you've got it there ready for you. So go subscribe to it today. So for everybody in the room, Ray Ora, Jonathan Voico, midsection. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye bye. Squirt, squirt. (laughs) When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.